May 23rd. And as we look to the New Testament, today's reading will take place in the book of John, chapter 13, verses 1 through 30. And here we'll learn what Jesus knew. Because of what Jesus knew, He did what He did. He washed the disciples' feet. Jesus knew where He came from and where He was going. He knew that the Father had given Him all things. If you have all things in your hand, you'll have no problem picking up a towel and serving others. Jesus taught them a lesson in fellowship and in keeping themselves clean before the Lord. We'll also learn what the disciples knew. Jesus taught them a second lesson. True happiness comes from humble service. Jesus gave them an example that we must follow today. Alas, soon after this lesson, the disciples began to argue over who was the greatest. All right, with that, let's begin today's reading in the New Testament. May 23rd, John chapter 13, verses 1 through 30. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that His hour had come to leave this world and return to His Father. He now showed the disciples the full extent of His love. It was time for supper, and the devil had already enticed Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to carry out his plan to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given Him authority over everything, and that He had come from God and would return to God. So He got up from the table, took off His robe, wrapped a towel around His waist, and poured water into a basin. Then He began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel He had around Him. When He came to Simon Peter, Peter said to Him, Lord, why are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You don't understand now why I am doing it. Some day you will. No, Peter protested, you will never wash my feet. Jesus replied, But if I don't wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, Then wash my hands and head as well, Lord, not just my feet. Jesus replied, A person who has bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you are clean. But that isn't true of everyone here. For Jesus knew who would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, Not all of you are clean. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, Do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because it is true. And since I, the Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. How true it is that a servant is not greater than the master, nor are messengers more important than the one who sends them. You know these things, now do them. That is the path of blessing. I am not saying these things to all of you. I know so well each one of you I chose. The Scriptures declare, The one who shares my food has turned against me, and this will soon come true. I tell you this now, so that when it happens you will believe I am the Messiah. Truly, anyone who welcomes my messenger is welcoming me, and anyone who welcomes me is welcoming the Father who sent me. Now Jesus was in great anguish of spirit, 
and he exclaimed, The truth is, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at each other, wondering whom he could mean. One of Jesus' disciples, the one Jesus loved, was sitting next to Jesus at the table. Simon Peter motioned to him to ask, Who would do this terrible thing? Leaning toward Jesus, he asked, Lord, who is it? Jesus said, It is the one to whom I give the bread dipped in the sauce. And when he had dipped it, he gave it to Judas, son of Simon Iscariot. As soon as Judas had eaten the bread, Satan entered into him. Then Jesus told him, Hurry, do it now. None of the others at the table knew what Jesus meant. Since Judas was their treasurer, some thought Jesus was telling him to go and pay for the food or to give some money to the poor. So Judas left at once, going out into the night. Today we're reading from Psalm 119, verses 1. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us, or are you for my enemies? And he said, Neither one of you. I'm the captain of the hosts of the Lord, and I have come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his service? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. And now he's coming up against his first incredible challenge. I mean, there have been challenges, there have been battles, there has been opposition, but this one is, is greater than any other one. Perhaps this is the deal breaker as it relates to proving to Israel that he is fit. The spiritual war for the soul of this nation is very real. We are here to withstand the powers and principalities of darkness. The church of Jesus Christ is here to fight organized sin until the day Jesus Christ comes. We will not surrender that position to anyone. People are asking, when is this moral madness going to stop? I'll tell you when it's going to stop. It's going to stop when the church of Jesus Christ puts on the whole armor of God and goes to war for traditional family values. If not you, who? And if not now, when? You must be bold enough to stand up and strong enough to speak up and determined enough to stay up. It's time for the church of Jesus Christ to stand up for the cross. It's time to stand up for the Ten Commandments. It's time to stand up and speak up for traditional family values. To speak up for the unborn. To speak up for the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. To speak up and stand up and let the God of Israel know there is a cause for which the righteous will fight. This whole arm of God is the only way to victory. This is God's armor. It's not man-made. It's not man-duplicated. If, if anybody has any kind of a walk with God, you will recognize that there are times in your life when you have questions about things, and by the time you get there, God has already worked it out. He did what Muhammad didn't do, and Confucius didn't do, and Buddha didn't do. He conquered death. He defeated death. He has done what no other religious leader has ever done. He defeated death. He conquered Satan. He, he overcame the grave and he is alive and well.
And I believe I have a few people in here who can testify that they know Jesus is alive and well. I believe there's somebody here today that's tried him, cried out to him, and he answered them, and he answered their prayer. And they're here to testify and back me up that he will incline his ear to your cry. Well, here's what I've come to tell you. You've come here, and I'm not in a shiny garment, but I'm an angel to talk to you, to tell you what you've been doing in your life. You've been looking for life in all the wrong places. For life amongst the wrong places. You're looking for something that has disappeared and gone, and you're trying to find a replacement for it in your life. You're going in the wrong direction. My assignment is to tell you, stop looking for living things among dead things. Broken and bruised people who don't know the Lord Jesus can't offer you life. You will not get fulfilled through an education. You won't get satisfied through career. You won't find it in things, cars, houses, clothes. You won't find it in social media. You will not find what you're looking for at the club, at the party, in the drugs, in drinking, on your job, in your educational pursuits. You won't find it in Twitter, Periscope, Instagram, and all the like. You're looking for life in all the wrong places. Many people of my generation have lulled their dreams to sleep. They, they have decided, well, this is it. I'm too tired. I'm too old. I've had too much come up against me. I might be tired. I might be older. But I'm a fighter. Is there any fighters in this room today? He had to break you. He had to shake you. He had to rattle you. But God is about to position you in a place for such a time as this. Don't be weary and well knowing God has a plan. Don't you sit there and die because God has a plan. Don't you give up on your dream because God has a plan. Don't you fall in a rut because God has a plan. You don't have to sell your body because God has a plan. You don't have to compromise your values because God has a plan. Joshua is getting ready to take on the battle of his life and he has all of the tenseness that comes from being in a series of battles. When you get in a series of battles, you are prone to fight. Get my core back, get my center straight, get my priorities in place so that I can work from a position of strength and not a position of strain. through 16. Now the theme of this unique psalm is the Word of God. Every verse except five refers to God's Word, what it is, and what it can do in your life if you let it. The arrangement is also quite unique. There are 22 sections of eight lines each, and the lines in each individual section begin with the same letter of the Hebrew alphabet. The first eight lines begin with Aleph, the next eight with Beth, and so on through all 22 letters. This may have been a device to help people memorize the psalm. Now the writer had a great love for the Word of God, and was persecuted because he obeyed God and opposed sin. Most of the verses are either prayers for God's help, or affirmations of the writer's faith in God's truth despite his difficulties. Now meditating on this psalm, 
ought to make you love and treasure the Word of God more and more and obey it more willingly. Our approach will be to emphasize in each section one special ministry of the Word to your life. Psalm 119, verses 1 through 16. Happier people of integrity who follow the law of the Lord. Happier those who obey His decrees and search for Him with all their hearts. They do not compromise with evil, and they walk only in His paths. You have charged us to keep Your commandments carefully. Oh, that my actions would consistently reflect Your principles. Then I will not be disgraced when I compare my life with Your commands. When I learn Your righteous laws, I will thank You by living as I should. I will obey Your principles. Please don't give up on me. How can a young person stay pure? By obeying Your Word and following its rules. I have tried my best to find You. Don't let me wander from Your commands. I have hidden Your Word in my heart that I might not sin against You. Blessed are You, O Lord. Teach me Your principles. I have recited aloud all the laws You have given us. I have rejoiced in your decrees as much as in riches. I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways. I will delight in your principles and not forget your word. Proverbs chapter 15 verses 29 and 30 The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. A cheerful look brings joy to the heart. Good news makes for good health.